Tonight's episode of the Behind the Diamond podcast is brought to you by McRae's Tavern. CEO Scott McRae is opening his newest location in the East Cobb area shortly and will have one of the most popular dining restaurants in the area. Equipped with everything you need for a great night out, McRae's Tavern is a fun spot for all ages. Great atmosphere, great wings, and a great time. McRae's Tavern is also now hiring, so fill out an application and tell them Evan Kroll sent you. We are also brought to you by the Walton Sports Media Club. We have a ton of stuff coming this week, so stay tuned to our social media feeds to keep up to date with all of the hard work our members are putting in. Tonight, we continue our Playing for Something series with the Walton defense. Defensive coordinator Tim Ewing joins us to talk about the work his defense has put in and some really fascinating stuff about being a football man and the Walton culture. We are then joined by senior linebacker Eric Seiher, who takes us through what it means to be a Raider football player. Without any further ado, let's go. I'd like to welcome defensive coordinator Tim Ewing. Coach Ewing has put together quite a resume in his time at Walton so far, sending many onto the collegiate levels and consistently putting together some of the top defenses in the state of Georgia. Coach Ewing, thanks for joining us tonight. It's, this is a great opportunity. Thank you. No problem. So let's go back to a time when it was way simpler than COVID. It was just football. Two years ago, you graduated almost every starter you had on the defensive side of the ball. You were consistently facing some of the top talent in Georgia week in and week out, and yet you held the opposing teams to below 15 points per game on the year. What do you think led to your defense's success this past season? Well, you know, it's uh, pretty simple. I think we have some of the best coaches on on staff in the state of Georgia uh, from top down. Um, Coach Bruner's done a really good job putting putting us together. Um, and we work well together. So I think that's part of it. Um, the other part of this is, you know, we're getting into the third and fourth year that I've been at Walton. So my defense, the kids are learning the defense. So it's becoming more and more uh, common to them, so to speak. They understand it. Um, they've seen the classes before them play it. You know, they played it at the freshman and JV level. And now they're, uh, and now they, you know, they're grasping the uh, the defense a little bit more. It's been, you know, it's been a part of them for their whole high school career. So it's uh, pretty simple with that. And then with uh, our team last year, because they were so young, um, you know, we really kept things kind of simple. Um, we didn't do a whole lot of complicated things, and. Uh, you know, what we played at the beginning of the year was much different than what we played in the, uh, at the end of the year. So um, it's, I think one of the things that our, our staff does well is we can adjust to what we have in front of us and um, be able to put a defense on the field that is, uh, is, is uh, sound against whatever offense we're seeing. When you have a lot of those young kids stepping in on that side of the ball, uh, for a senior it may be different because they've played maybe 20 games in their whole career, so it's easy to throw out a bad game if they mm -hmm. have one because they have so many other games where they played really well or they right. played to expectation. But when you have these kids that have played three games and they have a bad one, well, that distorts their perception of what high school football is like. So 
what was it like when you maybe come in after a bad week, um, which happens? How were you? How would you talk to those players and get them focused on the next week and not to dwell on the past one? Well, I think that you know that's a that's a tough one. I mean, because every kid learns differently, right? So when when you have a situation like that, that's why it's so important that we get to know our kids and is and it's one of the things at Walton that we do very well of. Do, do very well you know we have you know coach Bruner has brought together a staff that we do it we do this not just for football but because we love the game um, we want to see these kids grow up to be adults uh, gentlemen and we want them to be pillars of their community right and so when we get into situations like you just talked about um, you have to know the kid you know, you have to know what makes them uh, motivated, what doesn't motivate them, and be able to direct them in the best manner possible for them um, to get over a bad game. And, you know, it also depends on how bad a game it was. You know, um, I, I learned a long time ago, for every one mistake um, somebody makes, you need to point out three positives, all right? And they need to know – those young kids need to know, hey, you know, just because you had a bad game doesn't mean we don't love you anymore. You know what I mean? I mean we want, we're still your friend. We understand everybody's going to have a bad game. What we need to do is work on the things that led you to have that bad game. And I think that's what separates us from, you know, other staffs maybe. I don't know. But I think we do a very good job of – taking the aspect of a total person and coaching to their strengths and helping them with their, their weaknesses. Does that make sense? Yeah. So when you're on defense and you have these young kids, when you play basketball, one player can take over, even maybe on offense, if the play breaks yeah. down a quarterback can get outside and make a big play. But right. on defense, you really have to be a cohesive unit. If a cornerback yeah. blows his assignment and messes up the whole play for the defense, and that happens a lot for young defenses. Yeah. And in the beginning of last season, you guys were really sound. And then you faced a lot of challenges. And then at the last half of the season, you were able to break through and return to the state which you were at. What was it like to see those kids push through that mental block and get back and even better to where they were before? That, that's the cool part. That's why we do this is to see them to make those strides. And – you know, what we, what we told them all year long was don't, don't try to do everybody else's job, right? Do your job and do it well. And if you do that, then everybody will work together as a team. So, you know, what we tried to explain to them is if, you know, Timmy over there, you know, misses an assignment, don't try to do his assignment for you because – then you're taking away from your assignment. Then instead of having, you know, 10 guys doing their job, now we only have nine guys doing their job or eight guys. And so what we have to instill in these guys is, especially on defense, is they have to work as a unit. And if they work as a unit, things will come. And, you know, it goes back to the last, you know, conversation we were just having. Um you know, being able to break through or see where their mistakes are and then having them correct those mistakes um, is what turned us around, right? So um, 
what I tell it even goes into practice. You know, when I go and coach my linebackers, the thing that I want out of them is I want them to be able to self-correct themselves and not feel like they're doing something bad. So if they say, coach, I missed my read here. Okay, let's do it again. And they, they go back into line or they go back into the drill and, and take an extra rep. Um, not because they have to, because they did it wrong, but because they want to, and they see the, the benefit of doing it right. And, how that relates to the field on Friday night. Right. Like you said, defense is a really cerebral thing. And while you can't have certain freak players that are just super uber talented or whatever, they really have to get it cerebrally and see how it all can come together for them if everyone gets it. So now that your players who were young a year ago, they have Mm -hmm. a year of experience. You graduated a few defensive players, not nearly as many as a uh, few years prior. What do you think that does for them this upcoming season now that they've had a year in the defense, but more importantly, they've had a year playing together? Well, first of all, what it does is um, they understand the speed of the game. All right. So, uh, you know, like we mentioned before, last year we had a bunch of young kids playing, and I, I don't think we had one starter. I think we had one starter, but he played a different position um, from the year before. So all those kids that that came up and were playing with us, especially the younger kids, maybe only have played freshman ball, or um, in case of a you know one or two guys, they haven't they never played on Friday night. They played eighth grade ball, or they've never played in high school. So the speed of the game is the first thing that they have to overcome, and now they understand what that speed of the game is, right? Mm-hmm. So it's it's so much faster game um, when they get to the varsity level. Um, and so they have that confidence. And now, now that they have that confidence, now they can work on the details of their position, the skill set of their position. And um, when, they, when they start getting that and pulling it all together, I think it makes a, a more confident player. And then that confidence in that player exudes to the, the rest of the team. And now the team is playing together as a unit and um, they know they can be successful. So. Um, yeah, that's that's probably the best part. That's the best way I can explain it. And w- that's what we expect big things out of our defense this year because they played together for a year. I think, unfortunately, for people like you, defense is uh, being – it's going to be more of a challenge than offense. I feel like many years ago you would line up the power run thing, but I was talking <laughs> with Hirschfield on the last one. Now everyone's moving to, hey, let's let's spread it out. Let's operate from under shotgun. Uh, let's yeah. spread the defense out. Um, and that works really well for someone like him, but it, I'm sure it causes fits for someone like you. How, right. how has um, your preparation for this stuff changed um, now that the game itself has changed in the last five, six years? Yeah, I, you know, there was a time when I was when – when I was the defense coordinator when I was first starting out, I, you know, at, at that point in time, people weren't expecting you to attack them. Um, so I would attack them on defense and had success doing that. Well, now like somebody like Chris coach Hirschfield will exploit that, that, that aggressiveness. So you have to kind of sit back and prep and understand what they're trying to do from an offensive perspective. You know, are, do they have, um, are they trying to get the ball to a certain person? 
Um, you know, now it's more, what do we do on down and distance? Um, whereas before, you know, we offenses would do this on first, second, and third down. Now they can do all those things on every down. And so you have to be able to adjust not only during the game, but also during the series. And so you have to be able to teach your kids that. And that's probably um, one of the harder things you do because that's all about prep. It's all about prep work. And, you know, kids don't have that much time anymore. So you can't sit our kids in front of a, um, a film for two and three hours and them seeing the offense. You know, I'm talking about two or three hours a day mm-hmm. watching the offense. They, you know, they might have 15, 20 minutes and you have to do that with them. You know, you have to sit with them and show them and, um, and, and make sure they understand those details and how those details affect the game, the speed of the game, the regular game, what the offense is trying to do. When you're putting in that preparation, obviously you want to get as close to perfection as possible. You want to be able to take everything away, but the reality is you can't. Um, is there one thing that you always, your overarching philosophy that you tell your players, hey, we got to take this away. It'll change the whole game if we take this away right here. Yeah, I mean, it, it, <laughs> Evan, it used to be that we would just say, hey, if we stop the run, we're going to win the game, right? You can't do that anymore, right? Because now they're running RPO where, you know, if we stop the run, they're just going to throw it off whatever you do. So um, the biggest thing that I try to do is make sure that the whole defense is on the same page, all right? So it goes back to kind of what we were talking about before is when we get out there on Friday night that everybody's on the same page it's we even tell our secondary now you know if you miss a check for a coverage call make sure everybody misses it right (laughs) it kind of sounds a little weird but what we want to do is make sure everybody's playing the same coverage right because if you have half the team playing one coverage and half the team playing another um there's going to be a hole in the defense somewhere so um you know it's more about limiting our mistakes and trying to capitalize on their mistakes. Right. So with COVID, it has taken away that prep time that you would have had to put that stuff down. I'm sure you've already drilled it into the players. Like we talked about with them coming back, how has COVID changed your preparation for the upcoming year? Oh man. Um, The biggest thing is, is trying to keep it very simple. All right. Cause Every week is something due. So I want to make sure we have the basis of our defense down. You know, the whatever, you know, we're we're a four, two, five, cover three football team. And, and we're gonna make sure that we we can line up in a four, two, five against any formation and play cover three to it in any formation. And then after that is where we'll start to progress it a little bit. Um, but you know, we gotta make sure we can do what we are known for or what our defense is based on. Right. We need to we need to make sure that we can do that very well and everything else will take care of itself. Um, And then the prep work, it'll still be the same prep work. Um, It's just that this year is going to be different because we have different a different region. So we're going to have to learn, you know, what our region what I think every region has kind of a characteristic to it. It's kind of my own philosophy. 
um, whether they're ground and pounded type offense of region or they kind of like to sling it around a little bit, or maybe they're, they're a little bit in between. Um, or, you know, you got three teams that do this and three teams that do that. So, um, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting with COVID and, um, all the prep time that we really need and how we're going to adjust to that. So, you know, some of the couple of things is what we're doing right here. You know, we're going to probably do a lot of film work on, on zoom, um, and try to find times where we can have kids, you know, in, in the evening where we would normally do our film work in the field house, we're going to have to do it on, on zoom. So. I could see a lot of your returning players, not returning with, I would say like a confidence. Okay. A lot of them had success okay. last year. A lot of them had success this summer. They also had a long layoff. So they haven't played football in a while. You move into this new region. So I could see them coming in with the confidence. And I don't think it's ever great for a football team to come in thinking I have this game one or I have this season one. What are you doing now that they're back to kind of light a fire under them and kind of remind them, hey, we're no better right now than anyone else is. Everyone else's record reads zero and zero too. Yeah. Um, you know, the, th the thing about it is, is uh, what, we, what we strive as a, um, as a team, right? Our five pillars that we always talk about, you've seen them in our field house. Those pillars drive our team. So it's not necessarily getting them ready for the season. It's making sure that they're sticking to those pillars of what we feel make a great football team. And um, Coach Bruner does a great job in making sure that we stick to those. And as long as we stick to those pillars uh, and we exemplify that on the field and off the field, um, I think we're going to be okay. Um, you know, it, in some situations, we might have to hold somebody accountable for overconfidence. Um, but I, you know, I, I think we have a bunch of kids on our defense this year that want to play football. They love to play football. They don't care who we're playing. They just want to play it. And that kind of goes to our defensive mentality. We, we talk about just put the ball down and we'll play anybody anywhere, anytime. And we break all our huddles out of ball down. If you hear us do that, that, that is kind of the mantra we're going after is put the ball down anywhere. You can put it down in a parking lot. And every, we want to play football. That's what we want to do. So if we put that down, we put the ball down. We don't need a crowd. We don't need the girlfriends. We don't need all that. We just want to play football. And that's kind of where we're at. You kind of hit on an overarching thing there that I think people need to understand is the Walton culture. And it's, um, it's really special. Mm -hmm. Culture can either destroy teams or it can uh, lift them to heights that they couldn't have been at before. And I always thought culture, when I was growing up, I didn't think culture really meant that much. But looking back on it, I'm a Cleveland Browns fan. My whole childhood <laughs> could have told me something different. But <laughs> I walked in a year ago uh, to the field house and Coach Bruner talked to me about the five pillars. And he told me about yeah. ball down, ball out everything you just said there. And I thought, wow, this is, this is a really special place. And this is a place where players want to be and it takes the best out of them. Can you describe uh, 
what it's like to be on the inside of the Walton culture and if it's different than anything you've experienced at other places that you've been in a football environment? Yeah, I, you know, we it's something that Coach Printer is very adamant about is our culture in the in the field house, on the field, out, you know, out in public, you know, out in the community, you know, we're gonna have positive energy. We're gonna be men of character, we're gonna be honest and trustful. Um, we're going to hold each other accountable. We're, we're going to compete and then we're going to find a way to win. And those are the, those are the pillars that we talk about every day, day in and day out. And when those, when the kids start to grasp those pillars and start to understand it, then it becomes more than just football. And the, the culture that we have, have set at Walton over the past, what, four years now, is that and what it does is it it means the game is more than just friday night in the game so there becomes a camaraderie among the guys right they don't want to let their teammate down um they don't want to let the team down um and that's all self-motivated on their part they are they're holding themselves accountable to their actions both on and off the field and that's what we want to want to do because then the team takes a whole different uh avenue towards success it's not based on wins and losses and stuff like that those are things we want to accomplish and we've done that um and i've been in places where we don't have that and then that's where you see you know teams fragment you know they'll fragment you know we got this niche group over here this niche group over there and then you know they want to win, but they don't know how to do it. They don't know how to compete or they don't understand that the game is is meant to give you adversity and that you have to overcome that adversity. Um, and then when they're presented with adversity, they fall apart, right? Because they're, they're not worried about the team. They're worried about themselves. It becomes more of an individual thing. There's a lot of psychoanalysis done on teenagers by people who aren't teenagers. I think I'm a teenager myself. I haven't been perfect a day in my life, and I don't, I'd be shell-shocked if you found me one that was. And it's easy to be a fan and look from the outside in and say, well, everyone's saying football culture helps kids, but I think that's rah-rah. I don't, I don't believe that. Being actually in the football culture, how has this culture you've seen take 14-year-old boys and help transition them into men? Wow, that's a good question. Um, that's a that's a high end question there, Evan. Um, that is, you know, the, I think the game does a lot of it, right? Because you know, there are times when, um, you know, you don't want to do something. You know, th there are times in life where I don't want to go to work, right? You don't want to go to school, but th there's an accountability there, and we have to do that. All right. We have to go to work. We have to go to school. And I think the game teaches us that that is only a feeling or a, uh, yeah, I guess a feeling that's going to be short term. The long term aspect is if you do these things, you're going to find success. And I think that's the biggest thing that football does for, um, for teenagers. Right. So, there are going to be times when you're going to find it, you're going to have adversity, all right? You're going to face it and you're not going to do well. Well, the next time you find that adversity, 
you've got that experience. Now you know what, the, what it takes to overcome it. And I think that transitions into life. So uh, I think uh, Joe Namath said it the best. Football is life, right? You're going to get knocked down. you got to get back up. You know, you you got to get back up in life. Um, and I think that's what takes those 14-year-old kids and make them, when they become 18-year-old boy, men, um, and they go into college, they're a lot more confident than guys who haven't played football. You know, I, w- I worked for a guy by the name of Bill Curry, and if you ever read his book, The Ten Men You Meet in the Huddle, you ever read it? No, sir. You, ever, you need to read it. Mm-hmm. The Ten Men You re- Meet in the Huddle by Bill Curry. It's, it is so true, um, and he does a great job of putting it on paper and wording out what we as football players um, find out through the game of football, right? Um, the guy next to you is the most important guy, right? After him's the team. Um, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter religion, race, any of that stuff, because we all we all bleed the same blood. We all experience the same thing, and we all got to be able to overcome it. And if we use our teamwork, our teammates, and help uh, overcome this adversity, uh, it, all more the better. Football is a really strong glue to your point, and I think it's probably one of, like I said, the most uh, thing that can take a boy and make him become a man. There are negative football environments, and I knew that coming in. And I like to, I'm, a, I'm very attentive to my surroundings, at least I think so. And mm-hmm. I walked in, and I've been here the last two years, and I, on every step of the way, I've thought, like, wow, like that, I'm really, I would, if I was a parent, I'd be really comfortable sending my kid um, to play Walton football. And that has no bias. That has, I could go to Pope or I could go right. to Lasseter and I would look at that and I would see that because not only is it just football, but it, there really is a family bond. And I know to someone that hasn't been in that, that sounds kind of corny, but like re- like when these players are running wind sprints or something and the coaches tell them to get up and do it, like the coaches aren't the only one talking. It's the players pushing each other, giving each right. other encouragement. And it's a really big family feel. And that's really impressive to me because for a teenager, there aren't many places where you can go and be cheered on by people um, that aren't just fans, but that literally become family to you. You're around them yeah. more than you are your own family. And that's something that's super special to me. It becomes a brotherhood. Fans. Right. It really does. It really does become a brotherhood because you know, I can talk to one of our kids right now, and I can talk to, you know, a guy that might be 10, 10 years older than me, and we've all experienced the same thing. We've always, we've all experienced that football, and we have something in common there that, you know, other people don't have. And it becomes this brotherhood because there's respect that goes for everything that we've overcome, right, on the field in the classroom, you know, because, um, you know, they, what people don't understand is the amount of time kids these days put towards sports, right? And in footballs, we, we do think about it like this, Evan, we do all this work for only a, a guarantee of 10 games, right? 
Mm-hmm. Isn't that a, it's amazing to think about. Right. And, you know, I never really thought of it like that before. But and not everybody gets to touch the ball. That's another part. So not only do you have to compete, but you have to unselfishly compete. Right. You can't be the hero every play. Right. In basketball, a guy can dominate the game like we were talking about before. You know, he can you know, score 50 points in a game and he can ultimately be the, the guy. Um, but in football, you have offensive linemen that never touch the football in their career. So it's a, it, it becomes a really neat brotherhood. Um, and you're right. People just don't, they don't get it sometimes. Mm-hmm. So. I think the last thing I wanted to touch on is you said we're playing for a guarantee of 10 games. I, the theme of what I'm trying to do here with getting ready for the season, these podcasts is you're playing for something. And that's mm-hmm. especially this off season because we weren't guaranteed anything to be, True. no one knew, no one. Knew, and that's very different from any season. There was no guarantee, but there were people still on that field, still grinding, um, mm-hmm. um, putting in all the work necessary. And at any second, their season could have been stripped from them. Whether you think that's right or wrong, it's reality. Mm-hmm. What, how, what was the feeling that you felt when the GHSA came out? They said, we're going we're, are going to have football. Um, what was your feeling for the kids knowing that their effort isn't going wasted in a sense? And it wouldn't have gone wasted anyway, but they're, they're, right. they're playing for something. It's exciting. I was excited for them because they get to experience the game now. They, you know, I'd hate for it. It, I, when I think about it, it hurts my heart to think that, um, you know, some of these seniors who put in three years and it's their time to shine, you know, and then something like this takes it away. And it's not their fault. I mean, there's nothing they can do about it, right? There's nothing. They can't wish COVID away and, you know, they can't, uh, make the decision for the GHSA or they're not going to lobby the GHSA. And in the GHSA's defense is, you know, they're looking out for the safety of the kids. But I was very excited that the kids, that the GHSA said, we're going to play. So, um, you know, and they pushed it back, which I'm kind of excited about that too, because in the state of Georgia, we don't really get to play. And it's very, very few weekends or very few Friday nights where it's kind of cold out and we get to play in, football weather Mm -hmm. so all right everyone that was coach tim ewing you can catch him and his defense starting september 4th at walton high school versus cal high school in the corky cal classic coach ewing thank you so much for coming on this was awesome and i hope you have a great night i'd like to take a quick moment now to remind everyone of the upcoming schedule for your walton raiders After much thought and consideration, it has been decided that the Raiders will play their Corky Kell Classic game against Kell at Walton High School. You heard me right. The Raiders will open the year in Raider Valley against the Kell Longhorns on September 4th at 8 p.m. Again, that is September 4th at 8 p.m. If you want to see an early preview of the Raiders, come see them in action in their scrimmage against Decula High School on August 27th at 6.30 p.m. in Raider Valley. Now let's get back to the podcast. We now welcome senior linebacker Eric Zire. Eric was a big part of the Walton defense last season and is a big leader in the locker room and is spoken highly of by players and coaches alike. Eric, thanks for joining us tonight. Thank you for having me. 
Last season was your first year starting on varsity. You were able to make impact plays immediately as a versatile piece on the defense. How were you able to make those plays in your first season? Uh, I personally think it's the coaching staff. Uh, they do so much for us um, on and off the field. They just prepare us so much. So on Friday night, we, can, we don't have to think anymore. We just ball out. Um, and we have the best coaching staff in the league. I think that all of us players really appreciate them, and they just prepare us for us the best they can. Your sophomore year, you got hurt, right? You, can't, you had an injury? Yeah, I did, that. yeah. What'd I tore my ACL meniscus. Um, it was kind of rough. We, uh, I tore it September 24th, and then I thought my season was over, and then it was really hard. And then Coach Bruner always talked about staying positive and finding a way. And for me, his core values are core values we have. It's it's been helped me throughout this that entire journey. Um, I think I'm much better because of it because it helped my mindset going into things and. It just helped me become a better football player. So when you come back your junior year, you had that meniscus and ACL tear. Were you a little bit nervous going out on the field? Because I hear those stories all the time about um, people, people's mindset changing when they come back in with a knee injury. What was that like for you? Um, I think that it was hard going back on the field because you try to – you're trying to tear it again. You're trying to last a season. You're trying to just play football. And I think it really helped through PT. We've been testing ourselves through PT, especially with the sports med staff with Tony Hunter and Miss Michelle and Courtney and all of them. They really helped me with my knee, especially. Um, it just it elevated my game, in my opinion. It made me a harder football player and made me realize what I have. And then through sprints and all this stuff, it just made me excited because I was able to do that stuff, because you never really know what can happen in a football game. Was there a moment um, in that year where you were on the field and you were like, I'm back now. Um, I'm back from the injury and I'm ready to go. Yeah, I remember this one play I was, I was playing rover, and I didn't really play rover because I just got into playing outside linebacker. And it was a slant, and it was like my third play back. And I almost picked the ball off and I stumbled a little bit. It was kind of funny, but I think it made me realize that I could do this. I can actually play one football.
think we all we grind together we like to do as much stuff together and i think it helps with your grade when you have your friends beside you you can um move through scary times and then as the years go on you become more confident with yourself and then you can escalate your game and then you become more friends with the coaches and it just becomes a whole community of just a ton of great players so i personally think that becoming a freshman to a senior is just it's a full process you need to go through and when you're a senior it you really look back on all the days and you realize that it's it's a whole process you need to follow it and listen to coach and whatever they say and it's just it's going to happen for the best of you because the coaches like to put you in the best scenarios possible. Now that you are one of those older kids that you talked about, how you that you looked up to as a freshman, and you start approaching that level as you go on sophomore year and junior year. Now you now you are that guy, but there are kids behind you. There are freshmen and sophomores right now that look up to you. Um, has there ever been anyone that's come up to you and try to talk to you, maybe an underclassman, about how to approach football, how to approach school, how to basically be a high schooler um for me personally it's uh, the beginning of the season i haven't um we've been trying to get with the the practices and stuff mm -hmm. um i know there's definitely some freshmen who feel like they can't do this anymore and i just encourage them to push forward because the wall football might be the most important and best thing i've ever done in my life so um i encourage them to stay with it and i encourage them to continue on the process as a coach like to say because senior year whether you play or not it's just a bond you have with your teammates and um that's what i got yeah you're right it is really unprecedented and so you you come into every year and generally you're you're playing for a guarantee of 10 games you know you can go to playoffs or whatever but you're playing for a guarantee of 10 games you came into this year and you weren't playing for anything guaranteed. You know, nothing was decided. Everything was up in the air. It was all in the GHSA's hands. But you guys were still out there practicing, out there working really hard for something that may not have happened. So when they came out and they made their decision to have football, what was that like for you? What was your reaction to know that I'm going to have a senior season? It's great. Um, we all dream of becoming a uh, senior ever since you're a little kid in elementary school, all the way up to middle school and even a freshman you just dream of being a senior and i think you, no senior wants to get their senior wiped away because we've been our class been working out so hard since freshman year we've been grinding in the in the weight room we've been conditioning we've been just trying to try to become a starter trying to become the best senior we can be and now that we found out that we can have a senior season it's just it's very it's very exciting I'm just like completely speculating here because I'm not a senior and I'm also not an athlete, but I feel like the past and past years, senior classes that especially like played football or any sport, really, when you, it may not truly hit until you get into those last few games that like, wow, these are the last football games I'm ever going to play because there wasn't ever really a chance in that off season leading up that it could have been taken away. Now that you guys kind of have a feeling of, wow, this could, or this, had the potential of going away and you know that these are your last few games. How do you feel like that brings your class 2021 together more for this year? And how does it make this year so all that more special for you guys? I think that um, we're in this state, we're in this pandemic where anything can happen. It's getting very, especially with school, we don't know when we come back and it's getting 
very scary when we think about it. But coach likes to say, uh, keep uh, each day at a time. Think about one day at a time. Don't think ahead. And I think we just ball out each and every day. We just try and work for a goal that we know it's going to happen. Even if it doesn't happen, we, we're thinking that it's happening because if we're thinking that it's not going to happen, then what's the point of playing? So we like to keep our hopes up. We like to visualize that that's going to happen so that we can be happy with our football season. What does it feel like um, you're transitioning more and more into a football state? At the beginning, you probably had like maybe 10 people just in the weight room and you've transitioned more and more and more. Um, and now you're way closer to a semblance of football. What's it been like every step of the way getting a little bit closer to playing football? Um, it's been hard. We have, we have grinded, we have lifted, we've had, we've had to push ourselves each and every day to try and prepare us for this season. And I think that when you push that hard and you visualize everything, you just, when you get closer to the season, it just gets more and more exciting because you get to play football with the kids. You've been playing football since the fourth, fifth grade. And it's just, it's very exciting for us because when you do all that, it's not, you don't do it because it's fun. You do it because the people around you are doing it as well. And you don't want to let them down because on the football field, you got to let them down as well. So I think we just, we all have to keep each other accountable and we all have to have fun while we do it because if we're not having fun while we're doing it, then who will? I think this year is going to be a year to remember for everyone, not just seniors, but everyone on every team in the country, really, because you had this weird scenario and you guys had to battle through. Um, and now you're having now a you're football, having season. football season. What's different, What's different about, this, about team this team that you went through all this? What's different about the feel of it? Um, I think it's very different. Uh, in the past, we've done the same thing this summer. We have done the same rotations. We have done the same thing every all year, year round, and it's been great. But this season, it's been it's changed a little bit since Corona. We um we've had to keep social distancing a lot more. We have had to keep a lot more precautions. Um, I think we as players, we don't, we get too distracted in the game. The coaches like to bring us into reality of this pandemic. So I think that this season does definitely feel different, but I think it's a good different. I think that it's our, it's our 2021 season. So I think it's better for us to think about it as a good thing that we can play together as one and that this whole thing, we're just going to embrace the process like we usually do. We're just going to grind and we're just going to, keep our head down and move forward. Do you think going through this whole thing made you guys stronger and made you more connected as a team? Uh, I think we do. I think we have to, we realize that this is different, that we need to focus on the rules and that we need to, we need to stay healthy because at the end of the day, it's the teams that stay healthy that's going to win ball games. So we're just trying to stay as healthy as possible and just ball out. When you hit and I think most players did hit a certain mental block whenever you're doing something that's hard. Everyone does. You hit a mental block where you want to quit. And I think probably for you, it was even more like easier to maybe want to walk away from it because like we said, you didn't know what you were playing for. How were you able to push through those mental blocks? I think just having a figure for me, it was coach Brunner. He, he had a knee injury as well, and I always looked up to him. And he used to tell me about him just doing PT and how he tore his knee and how he wanted to get up, get back out there. And um, I think that 
quitting, it's not in our vocabulary my, in the Walton football vocabulary because we like to – we just push forward. We're, we are a team that likes to push forward no matter what. We like to do whatever it takes to win. And I think that with the bond that we have with each other, we can do that easily. So when things get rough, like I, when, when things get rough, you lean on your brothers because our brothers are the ones that are going to help us throughout this entire thing um, because it's a team. So it's not a me or it's more of a we, me over we, or we over me, my fault. You're um, good. Yeah, so. All right, everyone. That was Eric Zier, like I said, senior linebacker for Walton this year. You can catch him and the rest of his teammates September 4th in the Valley versus Kell High School. Eric, everyone speaks highly of you. I couldn't find a person to say bad things about you at all. Um, you seem like a great person, a great leader. Thanks for coming on. Thank you so much for having me.